0: Hi there, and welcome to Money Minding Today. I am your host, Sam Piercy, and this week we're talking about seeking and speaking. And specifically, we're looking at seeking the Lord with our whole heart and speaking His promises as we're dealing with finances. Because even though we're talking about finances, we're specifically looking at finding and developing and cultivating and strengthening our relationship with Him as we're dealing with the day-to-day financial transactions that we all face in this world. So let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word, your word that will uh, stand true even though heaven and earth will pass away. Thank you that you have given us your word. Thank you that your word is full of promises for blessing and overflow as we seek you with our whole heart that we can overflow your love to the world around us. And as we speak today, Lord, I pray for ears to hear and eyes to see that we may find you in the middle of whatever financial situation that we all find ourselves in. And I pray these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. So as I get going, I want to remind you to register at uh, moneymindingtoday.com. When you go there, you can listen to this week's show. If you've missed any of it, you can enter your name and email, and you'll be taken to a page where you can join my village of blessings which is an online community where you have a whole bunch of free resources and ebooks and information you have opportunities to ask questions and make comments and to connect further there's a free resource called Accepting Financial Advice, which is specifically for people that come to the site from Money Minding Today. And when you join the Village of Blessings, then you can also get the past Money Minding Today shows as well as the notes, and most importantly, the follow-up discussion activation questions. Because so much of finances, in fact, all of finances happens in community. It happens as we uh, transact with other people and as we share with other people. And so I really encourage you to join the Village of Blessings, get the notes, go through the activation questions yourself, Gather around, even if it's a spouse or a friend or a son or a daughter or a young person, gather around and start to have some discussions about money because you'll quickly discern that money minding today, uh, specifically the process of money minding to realize what I call financial grace is dealing with finances within the world system but from the perspective of the Word of God. It is not just about stewarding money. It's about stewarding money through relationships for the purpose of increasing resources. So, so much of what I see in Christian money programs, or just money programs in general, really is about managing money as a scarce, fixed resource. And what that does is it really puts the emphasis on the money And when you put the emphasis on the money, you also set up a pattern of judgment, uh, judging other people for how they're spending or how they're not spending, judging yourself for how you're spending or not spending. There's this realm of comparison. And then we get into this whole concept of materialism and prosperity. Uh, Prosperity gets a bad rap. And yet biblical prosperity is so much more than that. It's about the, the relationship with the Lord, with the community, and developing that and serving the Lord with our finances. But of course, we live in the world, so we need to know how to manage that, how to steward all the resources that God has given us using the tools of the day, not just the financial resources, because God's plan throughout the entire biblical canon is about increase it's not about saving for yourself so that you have enough to look after yourself in old age in fact we can read very clearly that a good man leads an inheritance leaves an inheritance to his children's children That means overflowing blessings and recognizing that there are blessings when we spend money, there are blessings when we earn money, and that if we are saving money for ourselves, we are actually taking money out of circulation, giving it, putting it on deposit at a bank. And this doesn't mean that saving is bad, it just means that when we do that, we put it on deposit at a bank, and a bank. Uh, in our society today has the capacity to take that and leverage it ten times in the form of loans. So all of us then, living in Western society today, become slaves to the debt of our society. There's a shift that needs to happen where we have to understand that we, as the community prospers, so do we. So how do we prosper the community? We don't prosper the community by doing things which will enslave the community. We prosper things through increase, by sowing and reaping, by sowing in terms of giving, by sowing in terms of spending, by sowing in terms of investing. There are many ways of looking at it which are from a, a, a much bigger picture, and that's what we're talking about here today. So the work that I do is is really organized into three broad categories. Money mining is a, a 12, I, I want to call it a 12 step, but people don't like 12 steps. But there's 12 stages of, of making financial decisions in order to realize financial grace at every one of those stages. But if we were to chunk it down, there are three keys having a godly vision with a price tag attached to it, having a system to manage the flow of money in and out of your life, and that's not just a budget, that's how do you set up your banking and your credit and your insurance and your, your savings and investments and all of those tools. How do you use those tools? And the third is to identify the unique set of skills, passions, experiences, um, connections, ideas, etc. that God has given to you so that you can plant those to produce a harvest of income that will feed you and overflow to others and the next two generations of your offspring with all thanksgiving to the Lord. Now, I'm going to repeat that again and again on Money Minding today, because it's really important to recognize that there is a connection between the world of money and the Word of God. So let's just look at at some of these things that cause chaos, that cause disorder, that cause people to be uncertain, and that fuels fear fear, doubt, and scarcity. Because if spending money is is a fuel and is a key indicator of our economic growth, it's important that we recognize that economic growth is uh, beneficial to all of us living here, because as the community prospers, that means there's more jobs. As there's more jobs, as there's more work, there's more opportunities because there's more wealth being created. Wealth gets created on an ongoing basis. It's not a one-of kind of a thing. And it certainly doesn't happen in a silo. So, So here we are. Let's just take a look at The mindset of save, 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 save because this is what I've got, and versus the mindset of okay, Lord, what have you called me to? And let's take a look at how my life fits into your purposes in this community that you've called me in right now. See, God didn't call Christians to just live in a poverty mindset, we didn't, we're not called to uh, just purchase secondhand, and I'm thinking of automobiles, for example. Someone is always going to buy a new car, and I think it's pretty common knowledge that if you drive a car off the lot, it's de- a brand new car off the lot, it does decrease in value the second you do that. But a car in our society today is a pretty basic means of transportation, is one of those things that most people that have some sort of profession and some sort of a... A busy life recognized as a tool of the day kind of like a cell phone now or a computer it they are the I want to say necessities uh, you know certainly we can get by without them but in terms of navigating and living in our world they're the kinds of things that are just expected for regular communication. Everybody seems to have an email address, and more and more people have social media and access to those kinds of communications. And so if somebody is always going to buy a new car, does it make that person who does irresponsible with the money that God has given them? See, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that God's children are to always have someone else's hand-me-downs. In fact, God's children are supposed to be the ones who control the wealth. We are the ones that receive the blessings and overflow. He gives us the power to create wealth to confirm the covenant that he has with our ancestors. And he does say that the poor you will always have, but that's not supposed to be us we're supposed to be the ones who are living generously and reaching out and bringing God's light and his love and his provision and his protection into the darkness to lift people out of the darkness but in order to purchase a new car for example it means there has to be an overflow of income. If you're purchasing a new car from a a fixed, scarce resource that you're trying to manage and you're trying to proportion into different places so that you have enough for yourself, then you will start to look at the decrease in value. But intentional spending from an overflow of income following God's prompting on your spirit is not irresponsible. It's intentional and it's planned. And yes, we know that it's going to drop in value, but we also know that there is a blessing to the dealership, to all the people that are employed. There is a blessing to you who drives that new vehicle and knows that it is going to be maintained and perhaps has a war- uh, likely has a warranty and all of those other things we are stewarding what god has given us and that means that we start with the income creation how much income is it going to take in order to live the life that god has called us to live that doesn't mean okay here i've got, here i am now i've got to manage it and i've got to squeeze as much as i can out of what i have But it also doesn't mean that you go out and you acquire a lifestyle and you acquire that vision using whatever worldly resources you can get at the time. See, so much of the issue I believe that we experience today is that we've accepted the conventional wisdom of the industrial era that says you got to go get a good education so that you can get a good job so that you can then work and get the benefits and live the lifestyle and eventually have enough money so that you can retire and then you can live off of what you've accumulated and downsize and hope that you have enough to last throughout the rest of your life. Along the way, that mindset uh, also, it, it, it really right from the beginning it's all about self i've got to get enough money for myself now i'm not knocking jobs we uh, need jobs and i i'm always looking for great people to work with there's nothing wrong with a job at all what's what's the shift though is that that is not necessarily your provision god is always your provision your job is potentially your seed. And many people are called to the corporate world and that is perfectly okay. That is fantastic because in that situation, your lifestyle is likely going to match with your income because that's what God's put on your heart. What's not working is when people settle for just what they can get. They settle for the paycheck or they settle for the that they have coming into their life um, and then they, they try to acquire and feel the desires that God's given them through credit or maybe through smaller... Re- they reduce their lifestyle to what they can see. That is the part that doesn't work. And yet, his uh, statistically, there are, are studies that show that many people that run into unmanageable debt do so at the... Uh, um, a, a misalignment of about two hundred dollars a month between a husband and a wife that's a hundred dollars each and usually it takes about five years before they wake up one day and go oh my goodness this isn't working what are we gonna do and then they panic and then they start arguing and then they start judging and they try to deny and put themselves on some sort of a crash spending diet cut back cut back cut back but yet there's clues in that debt that will show you what kinds of things God is is glimpsing. Uh, He's giving you a glimpse of how he wants you to live your life. He's giving you a glimpse of what he's calling you to. Because if you have desires for a big fancy house, for example, or a brand new car... He's going to give you the capacity to do that. You can say that it's materialism, um, but it would be materialism if it becomes a feeding of this frenzy and this scarcity thing. It's not materialism if you have the right heart. If you seek God with all of your heart, Jesus was really clear. And he said that uh, if we seek him first, all of these things will be added to us and he was talking about clothes he was talking about shelter he was talking about the day-to-day stuff the materialism is this constant frenzy and this constant turning over of things it's almost like disposable and, and it's chaos and it anytime you've got chaos and you've got frenzy and you've got something that's fueled by scarcity you're not coming from a place of peace So let's take a look a little bit at that and I'm going to use this opportunity to direct you again to moneymindingtoday.com where you can get the notes and the discussion questions. Some of today's questions Uh, We'll have you look at your bank accounts, for example, and your credit cards, and how do you use them? How do you pick them? Who do you get your financial advice from? And that's that free report, that free tool that is for Money Mining Today listeners only when you uh, enter your name and email from the Money Mining Today site. You know, how do you determine when you're going to purchase something and where you're going to purchase something and what happens if all of a sudden your current source of income wasn't there these are parts of developing a system because God isn't a god of disorder God isn't is a god of peace and we are called to bring peace and there is great Peace when we come from a place of knowing who we are in him, knowing that we are accepted, knowing that we are secure, knowing that we are significant, knowing that he provides and he gives us the strength. That he, he, uh, that we have his word held within our heart. And it is that word that we bring to our financial life. And it's okay to speak about his promises in the midst of finances. We're not talking about some sort of an empty name it and claim it time, type of prosperity gospel. We're talking about creating uh, order and harmony out of a chaotic, uh, misunderstood, world of finances we're using financial we're using our bank accounts we're using our credit cards in such a way that they are serving God's plans and purposes his good plans and purposes for us within our life today he has good plans for us and he will give us the desires of his heart but over and over and over again it all comes out of relationship with him So let me tell you a story about why I'm so passionate about streamlining your accounts and and creating uh, purposes for your systems and strategically starting right at the ground level. When you get a piece of mail, what do you do with it? When you get an email about something financial, what do you do with it? Where do you file your papers? How do you track your receipts? Those kinds of things are important. When you get paid, where does the money go? When you pay for things, which account does it come out of? Where do you you charge things to your credit card? Um, Are you taking advantage of the uh, 20 plus days of interest-free? Are you taking advantage of opportunities to get Uh, cash back on regular purchases? Are you specifically planning your bank use and credit use and investment use? I'm talking about day-to-day stuff and that doesn't mean that this information and these concepts aren't applicable for uh, high net worth individuals. I have shared before and I will continue to share how I was hired to teach uh, cash management for the regular household budget to a billionaire. That's huge because what I learned in that jaw-dropping experience was that multi-millionaires, very successful people, it's extremely important that they know that their money is being used in a way that honors their values and they are intentional with their spending. Just because they have an excess doesn't mean that they just flippantly spend money here, there, and everywhere. And so I've shared this quote before many times too. How you do anything is how you do everything. So we start at the ground level. And let me tell you partly why I'm so passionate about this, because it's, it's no mystery that my husband and I have come through a very, very challenging and dramatic financial loss. And there's two things that I believe have saved our marriage and saved our life and and really are why I'm sitting here today. One of them is that we had some systems, some financial systems in place. The other is because the Word of God gave us the strength, specifically gave me the strength to deal with the financial Backlash of the loss and him the strength to go out and work. Uh, He does, uh, he works in the trades, so he works very, very hard. And you know that if you have this idea in your head that there's not enough money or that maybe you've lost money that that turmoil, that uncertainty can spiral into a place of paralysis. Well, that is where Satan gets his stronghold, because he will have you believing that what you think is going to happen is going to happen. And yet, as soon as we keep it in our head, then he wins. As soon as we get it out of our head, now we can work with it. We can see it from a different perspective and we diffuse the power of what's going on in our brain. And yet, when I hear people talk about budgeting, when I see some of the ways that budgeting is taught, I realize that conventional budgeting really puts money in a silo. And it says you've got something and now you've got to subtract all your different expenses to come up with either a positive or a negative number at the bottom. And so if you're going through any kind of financial planning where you're kind of trying to determine whether or not you have enough, and that's your... your perspective, you're reinforcing the lack. You're reinforcing the scarcity and you're going to just be letting that fear and uncertainty become even stronger in your mind. There is a a horizontal view. There's a time value of money. There's a flow of money and I call it a cash flow forecast that many people in the financial world will tell me that try to say that that's an advanced financial planning tactic and to that i say why it's just simple addition and subtraction it's not complicated at all turn your paper sideways and figure out that how much money you have how much money you need what's the positive or negative number at the bottom and then go to the next time frame so in my life dealing with the aftermath of this very dramatic situation it was being able to, first of all it was Picking Up My Bible And not online, but picking up the physical Bible, opening it up, letting the Word um, come into my my mind, come into my spirit, connect with my spirit to give me the strength to go and log onto the computer or to open the mail and to take a look at it. And then go to the systems. And often, in fact, for quite a long time, we did a cash flow forecast on a weekly basis. And at the beginning of the week, we would look at what we needed for the week for food and gas and expenses and we called it the bank of house that that absorbed a lot of the aftermath of the business and what was necessary and then I would look at my husband and I would say how much do you think is coming in and uh, we would sometimes go and um Realize that that wasn't going to work and then I would have to have the strength to pick up the phone to call whoever we owed money to and right there. I know that that's what people don't do. They're afraid to do it. They're afraid to admit that they have issues. And you know, I learned a bunch of things through there that I probably never would have before. Number one. The bank wants, bank or creditor wants to know that you're trying, and they will work with you because they want to get paid. I'm, you're, you're listening to somebody who actually knew their mortgage number off by heart. During this period of time, there wasn't anybody else was going to do it for me. I had to pick up the phone and I had to say, "We're not going to have enough money for the payment. What can we do?" And because we had some plans they were able to work with us and I learned that some things like uh, capitalizing mortgage payments and if that term capitalizing scares you because uh, it's a, a financial knowledge issue then simply it means adding it to the loan and those kinds of things um, I don't think I ever would have learned it wasn't taught to me in the financial curriculum and course i taught the financial curriculum for advisors for many many years those kinds of practical street smart things you learn as you pick up the phone and you ask i learned that you could refinance a car and that's not something i would recommend doing and i'm going to share it because people go oh well debt is bad debt is evil well these kinds of of things that happened in the aftermath of all of this they enabled our daughter to complete her schooling to excel in her sport to go on uh, to university for us to keep our house to be able to continue to work and to deal with all of the, the the various issues after this happened. And here I am today. We did not lose everything. Although, you know, some people might look and go, oh, we well, lost everything. We gained something that is invaluable. We gained a much, much, much deeper relationship with the Lord. We gained a, a much deeper relationship with each other and um, instead we we know the studies about how marriages fail and divorce comes out of financial issues in relationship and I can tell you it was absolutely not easy many people go oh it's easy for you you had a spouse it's like ha 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 you know you're dealing with some very stressful situations when you start talking about money in a marriage and blame we blamed each other for a long time, and I'm not going to say that it was all rosy and and peaceful. It took a long time, and it took the Holy Spirit in our marriage to bring us together, to enable us to have those discussions without getting into this place of despair, without getting into this angry place, this place of blaming, this this place of hopelessness. And uh, we can both stand here today and say that we're not perfect, for sure, but God has connected us through finances. He has revealed himself to us in ways that we never could have imagined otherwise. And what we have gained is that deep passion and that deep sense of purpose for having systems in place for sharing with other people so that you can have the conversation, so that you can open up. It's not something that we need to hide and be afraid of because we all know the statistics. And yet, if you're afraid to open up about it, then you're just giving the devil a a deeper stronghold in your life. You're keeping yourself into what you can see and potentially missing the good plans and the purposes that God has called you to. There is a way out, but we have to, first of all, be willing to face it and recognize that intimidation over finances gives the enemy a stronghold. Just looking at what we can see gives the enemy a stronghold. Trying to cut back and deal with things on your own gives the enemy a stronghold. God has good plans and good purposes for us, plans to prosper us and to not cause harm, plans for hope and a future. He will give us the desires of our heart as we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. He wants to be found, and he wants to bless us. This isn't prosperity. This isn't empty. This is real, and it happens on a day-to-day basis. It happens when you create order and harmony, when you 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 determine that you are going to spend money intentionally that you are going to spend money and pursue those desires and you are going to do so in such a way that it is about creating income creating sustainable income that increases and overflows in blessings to you and blessings to others and increases so that you have the capacity to leave an inheritance to your children's children and so with that Heavenly Father, thank you for overflow thank you for blessings thank you for your word thank you for your promises and thank you that you are a god of order and harmony and that we will find you that you want to be found that you are there you will never leave us or forsake us and we pray these things in jesus mighty name and so with this i say have a great week everybody god bless and uh, moneymindingtoday.com to get the study notes and the activation questions and the follow-through for uh, this show and the previous shows. God bless. Bye-bye.